Hey, welcome to Prayer House Online. It's such a privilege to be connecting with you here online. Whether you're part of the Prayer House family or you've been before, a welcome to you. And if you are here for the first time, you've just found us online and you've decided to connect, a special, special welcome to you. We are a church in Weymouth and we meet at Holy Trinity School on Sundays. Um, it's one of the primary schools here in Weymouth and we hire the hall for our Sunday meetings. During the week, however, we are at Chapel Hay and the postcode is DT48LL. That's where we are during the week. So if you want to grab a coffee and speak to one of the team members, this is where we are during the week. So come along, say hi, get in touch with us. You can also get in touch with us through social media. That's Facebook and Instagram. And also head to our website. That's prayerhouse.uk. It's prayerhouse.uk and you can find out more information about the church and what we're up to but also use the contact form there if you want to say hi. In a moment we're going to be hearing a word from Anna Jackson. We're so excited about bringing this word to you. It was a great word about being rooted in Jesus and stretching that tent, stretching that canvas and we hope that it is a blessing to you as well. It certainly mobilizes us to be doing what we believe God is calling us to do at this time. But before we dive into that, I just want to give a shout about our baptism services coming up on the 15th of October. That's right. In just a few days time, there will be an opportunity for you, if you are interested in getting baptized, to be baptized. So if you'd like to talk to us about that, get in touch with us. We have a few people lined up already and they're all just preparing their hearts for that moment. And so if you have questions, if you are on the fence or you just want to know more about baptisms and what that means, get in touch with us. You can email connect at prayerhouse.uk, connect at prayerhouse.uk. Or you can also use all the other ways that we just mentioned about getting in touch with us to send us a quick message and get the conversation started. Why don't we pray before we dive into the word with Anna. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to connect online. We pray that Lord, that this moment, this time that we spend listening to your word would be such a blessing to us. Whether we're driving a car or doing the dishes in the kitchen, or we're just sat down for some quiet time. Father, whatever it is, we pray that this word would build us up, that would encourage us. And Father, above all, that it will draw us closer to Jesus. So we pray, Father, that you would just grace us with your presence in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've got your real Bibles or Bible on a phone, can you turn to Ephesians 3, verses 16 to 19, please? That's where we're starting off. Okay, so it says, I'm reading from the NIV. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So that is quite a lot. When Paul writes, it's quite a lot of things that he says quite packed together. So I find that I need to 
break it down into smaller pieces because my head gets confused. Next one. Okay, so we'll start with this bit. So the beginning, the first bit. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So the word power here is um, one that Paul White talks about quite a lot, which is dunamis, which is like that explosive sort of power. It's um, ability to perform, and it's power through God's ability. And the word strengthen here means to prevail by God's strength. By So his power prevails over opposition. So it's all coming from him. It's not coming from us. So Paul is praying for the people that he's writing to, and also us, that the Holy Spirit, with the power of God, would work inside us. It's not something that we can do. It's something that God does. It's not coming from us. So the Holy Spirit strengthens us with his power in our inner being. And this enables Jesus to dwell in our hearts. It is faith that is connecting us to this. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit in detail about this whole idea of being rooted. Okay, so it means, obviously, to cause, to take root. So it's something that's happening and the word that the NIV translates as established, it actually means to lay a foundation. So in some translations, it says grounded, and in others, it says founded. So um, it's kind of like this love is something that we need to be rooted into, but we're also basing our lives on. And so I was thinking about roots, and what it is that roots do. So does anybody have any good suggestions about what the job of a root is for a plant? Anchorage, definitely. Stability? Yeah, food? Anything else? Brilliant. Okay, so I've got that they're below the surface. They're in the hidden place. They're below the ground. We can't see them that they anchor, they bring nutrients, and they bring water. And they are the thing that enables the plant above the surface to be healthy or not, and to grow or not, or flower or produce fruit or not. Depending upon the health of the roots, the plant above the surface will or will not be healthy. Um, so we can't see below the surface but can you tell people that garden if there is a problem with your roots of your plants? How can you tell that there is a problem with the roots of your plants? The plants don't look good, do they? They wilt and they look sad. So we know, and it's the same is true for us, we can't, other people can't see what's going on in our inner being, but the evidence of what is going on is visible to other people. So what is going on below the surface is important. Um, so we have to be have no, we have to have strong roots 
And it says here that they have to be founded in love. So God is love. It says that in the Bible. Jesus came to show us the Father. So Jesus, as he was walking around in his human body, was the embodiment of love. Everything that he did, everything that he showed to people was showing us the Father, and he was showing us the Father's love. So he was showing it by what he did day to day whilst he was ministering, but he also showed it to us when he died and when he took all of our sin on him and when he rose again and when he brings us into the family of God. And um, it's our faith that acts like roots going into this foundation. And so this ground beneath us is love, but it's also, it's Jesus that we're growing our roots into. This is the end of 17 to 19. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is a beautiful example of how Paul writes things that sound really confusing. So we are meant to know something that we can't possibly know and be filled, 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 filled full to the fullness. So we'll go through it a little bit slowly. So this word power is not the same word that was used when it was talking about the Holy Spirit a minute ago. This is a different word and it's, it means to have strength for a difficult task. So, um, Paul is praying that the people of Ephesus would have the strength to do this difficult task because it's difficult to understand the love of God. And um, the word here for grasp is to like to take hold of, to like really grasp something forcefully. So not kind of, yeah, I've kind of kind of got it, but like really grasp it forcefully. And um, the knowing, the knowledge that they're talking about is not head knowledge. It's about firsthand experience. So he's saying that he wants the people to have firsthand experience, to really know and understand in themselves from firsthand experience this love that is God, this love that is Christ. So Paul is praying that the Ephesians be rooted and founded in love, which is Jesus, so that they would be able, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to know through firsthand experience how vast the love of God is. And then knowing this for themselves, this thing that's so far beyond what we can get our heads around in our own strength. He, he's saying we cannot understand it by ourselves. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can understand this. That they would then be filled, completely full to their personal capacity, their individual capacity with this superabundance of God. So he seems to be saying that there is something about comprehending this love 
that the Father has for us, that means that once we've grabbed hold of it, once we've really got a tight grip on it, we are then filled with this superabundance of God. It's so crucial, according to Paul, that we can understand this, and we can't understand it by ourselves. It has to be through the Holy Spirit. So we're going to move on to a different verse to um, fill out the picture a little bit more. So this is Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. This is the New Living Translation. And it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in tr the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So this is a lot more active. This is involving us doing something. It says continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. This is active. We have to do something. It's not saying we have to do something to be saved, but we have to do something to actively participate in this process. Jesus said, follow me, not sit down and wait until I come back and you'll be fine. Following somebody's doing something. We're meant to be becoming more like him. We're meant to open ourselves up to what he wants to do, learn from him, do the things that he did. So we need to think about where we are getting our nourishment from for our inner being. So where do we go to fill ourselves up? Because if we don't actively do something, then the world and culture and the television and the news and the celebrities are filling us, like the things that we see, we are filling ourselves up. Whether we are doing it passively or actively, we are being filled up with something. So this is my, me, glass with red juice in it. So this is me being passively filled by everything that, that is going on in the world. The news that I'm watching, the social media, the television, everything, the people around me. So I can't just empty myself. I mean, I'm full passively of whatever is going on. The only way to displace all of this and fill myself up with all the good things that are coming, if I'm rooted in Jesus, all the goodness that is coming from him, the Holy Spirit that's coming from him and filling me up is to fill myself actively with something else. So I don't know if you can see this. But as I fill myself, I hope there's not water. As I fill myself, there is get less and less concentration of the redness. And there is more and more becoming like Jesus, filling myself with his word and worship and prayer and all the good things that fill me with him and nourish me in a good way so that I can be filled to the fullness with God and everything else is pushed out of the way by that. 
So you could have you could have been part of that. Yeah, gave you the chance. I know. Um, so the more deep our roots go down, the stronger they get over time. The more we do these things, the more we grow the deeper our roots get and the stronger we are so that it is harder to uproot us. So if you think about a little tiny sapling, Isaac, is it possible to pull a sapling out of the ground with your bare hands? It is. Okay, so if I let my sapling be nourished and grow big, how big would it be before I couldn't pull it out of the ground with my bare hands? like as tall as me. So even by the time it's as tall as me, I won't be able to pull it out with my bare hands. And if it continues to be fed and have strong roots, then it will keep growing and growing. And the storms will come as long as there is nothing wrong with the roots. Is that right? Then it will stay strong, even in the storms. Yes. So that's the key. We need, this is something we need to be actively doing. It's not passive. We have to take part in this. And we have to be conscious that we are being filled with something. And if it isn't the good things that come from Jesus and his word and prayer and worship and all those kinds of things, community with other people who love Jesus, then we are passively being filled by all sorts of other things. So, where have I got to? Um, We need to do what we are able to do to help keep our roots strong in the hidden place. Not just here when we're all together, but in the hidden place. Like, do I, when I first thing in the morning, do I pick up my phone and look at the news or social media or something? Or I could pick up my phone and read the Bible, but it's tempting to look at other things. Or do I pick up an actual paper Bible so it doesn't distract me? Or do I put on some worship? Or do I pray before I even get out of bed so that I'm trying to start the day with my eyes fixed in the direction I want to go? And there's nothing wrong with telephones. There's nothing wrong with watching the news. I'm not saying that, but we have to be conscious of what we are filling ourselves up with. And the majority of what we are filling ourselves up with needs to be from God if we want to be deeply rooted in Jesus. Um, So then, if we, in the hidden place, keep making sure that we're rooted in Jesus, turning to him, drawing close to him, reading his word, then it says here, your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. So this is this, the truth you were taught, God's word. And you will, it doesn't say maybe, it says and you will overflow with thankfulness so when you are comprehending this incredible love when you really have this deep down inside of you the word of God then you can't help but be thankful so I could stand here this morning thinking well that powerpoint presentation that I spent ages preparing is not ready I can't use it and that's it's not working I could panic Or I could say, fine, Lord, if that is the way it's going, then that's the way it's going. I'm still going to hold on to you because it doesn't matter, actually, at the end of the day. What is important is that I keep my eyes on you. 
So we're going to switch metaphors now. Sorry, but we are sticking with the same idea, I hope. So this is Isaiah 54, verse 2, and this is the New American Standard Version, which says, Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your ropes and strengthen your pegs. So this is something that I've been thinking about since before the summer holidays. It's something that God kind of highlighted to me, and I've been pondering it ever since. So the context of this verse is obviously is quite different. So it's Isaiah writing, and um, he is giving God's promise to Israel, who are in exile, and um, they have been in exile and in captivity, and for them, it was more than just oppression. It was shame and disgrace and humiliation that God had left them, that they were abandoned and scattered everywhere. So this promise is a glorious release from not only the exile and captivity, but also from the shame and the disgrace and the humiliation. And that that he's saying that this curse and shame of barrenness, so the verse before is about barren, a barren woman, would be so completely broken that Israel would be so fruitful. They'd have to expand their living space. And that would obviously have been hugely comforting to them because they kind of felt like they were this small, weak group now coming back from exile. And this promise was obviously designed to strengthen them and in their faith and everything. So for me, at the moment in my life, I am in a place of increasing my capacity, of um, kind of expanding myself to accommodate increasing numbers of people coming under my authority. So at school, I've now become the chair of governors. And here at church, I've also obviously expanded my role. So I've been thinking a lot about what God wants to say to me through this verse. Next one. So the tents mentioned might have looked a bit more like those. I don't really know, but that's the closest I could get. So thinking about tents, the dictionary definition of a tent is that it is a portable shelter made of cloth, supported by one or more poles and stretched tight by cords attached to pegs driven into the ground. So when I was thinking about what a tent would have been like for people at that point, it's obviously quite different than what we would have in this country, um, but it's a safe place. It's a shelter from the weather. So for them, it might be more a shelter from the sun and the wind and the um, the sand blowing than for us where it's a shelter from the pouring rain. Um, but it's also a covering. So this the tent is a covering. And in biblical sense, a tent represents the place where God would come and dwell. So in um, with Moses, he would come and dwell over the tabernacle. He would That would be where he rested. And then obviously again in the temple. Um, and then when Jesus came, he became that place where God was dwelling with his people. And it even says in John that Jesus came and dwelt among us, and that word is tabernacled. He, so he came like a tent, a place, a resting place of God, God with us. And at Pentecost, the followers of Jesus, 
then became that place where the Spirit of God would come and dwell so that they could carry this message and the power out to the world because Jesus was saying, I'm going up to be with the Father. You need to be filled. You can't do this by yourselves. You need to stay there until you're filled. So as we saw in Ephesians 3, the Spirit of God empowers us and strengthens us in our inner being so Jesus can dwell in our hearts. So in this metaphor, if I am the tent, which is similar to being the plant above the surface in the previous verses we've looked at, and the ground is the foundation, which is Jesus, like in the previous verses we were looking at, what are the curtains? What are the ropes? What are the pegs? And what are we doing with them? That's what I've been thinking about for the last lots of months. So next one. So this is the uh, beginning part of the verse that we just looked at, where it says, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. So for me, I felt like these curtains were metaphorically like my capacity um, my capacity to provide a safe place or a shelter or covering for people. So it's saying, stretch out your curtains, increase your capacity, don't hold back, don't spare them. And also, it would take an amount of preparation, like this lovely lady is doing, you know, to make these were made out of like goat hides. You'd have to, to make a bigger tent, you'd have to make a bigger cover to go over the tent or extend it, add some more bits on. You can't, you know, just don't go to the shop and buy a bigger tent, do you? You have to make it bigger yourself. And that would have taken effort to increase the covering of the tent, this safe covering shelter place. Okay, so lengthen your ropes and strengthen your pegs. So I've asked people who are actually good at putting up tents what they thought that this might have been metaphorically. I will see. Um, so the peg, evidently, is the bit that anchors the tent to the ground. However, you can't just put pegs around it and expect the tent to stay where it's meant to be. You have to have the ropes as the anchor between the fabric and the ground. But the peg needs to be secure. It needs to be strong. So if you're using wooden pegs and they're rotten, then it's not going to hold up. Or if the ground is not good, it's not going to be very strong. As we found out at camp this year at 2 in the morning, when the ground gets completely soaking wet, apparently the pegs don't stay in very well and they have to be re-put in. So we had heroic nighttime tent peg banging on the, was that the first night? First night. Um, so yes, the ropes are the thing that tether the tent to the pegs and therefore to the ground and they make it secure. They also stretch it out and anchor it. So looking at this verse, it says I need to strengthen my pegs, which if we're comparing it to the previous metaphor would be like the roots. We need to strengthen the roots, which is like our faith. And the question that I had was, how do we do that? How do we strengthen our faith? And I have a very wise friend who looked into this, and she very wisely said that our faith is strengthened by getting to know who Jesus is more. That's right, isn't it? 
I did say that. That if we know him, we will trust him more. Because you can't help but trust him. The, the disciples, when they doubted him, didn't fully know who he was. So they needed to get to know him more. The ropes that keep me tethered to my faith, it says I need to lengthen them. So if the ropes are the things that I am doing to tether me, that would be like reading my Bible, worshiping, praying. And if I need to make my tent bigger, if I don't lengthen my ropes, then they're not going to reach the pegs, are they? Is that right? If the ropes aren't long enough, they're not going to reach the pegs, and then it's kind of pointless. So I took that to mean that if I am expanding my capacity, I need to spend more time doing these things. The word lengthen, actually, interestingly, isn't a distance word. It's a time word in this verse. It's about time. So I need to lengthen the time that I am spending. The busier I am, the more I am doing, the more time I need to make sure that I am spending time with Jesus and getting to know him and reading his word and praying and being in his presence and studying his word and spending time in community with other people. That is obviously not an exhaustive list. There are many other things we can be doing. And I need to make sure that I am putting myself in the position where I am doing those things. It's an act of my will. I need to decide when I get up in the morning and I know I have a crazy busy day and there's going to be loads of demands on me and I'm going to be flat out busy, do I spend the 45 minutes watching telly or sitting doing, I don't know, something relaxing? Or do I spend it in worship because I need that so that I am full to make it through the day, so that I am full with all the fullness of God, so that when I am in those situations and talking to those people and doing those things, that I am as fully like Jesus as I am able to be on that day. So the more I'm increasing my capacity, the capacity, the longer I need to spend doing these things. I need to be strengthening my faith by getting to know Jesus more. So as individuals, but also as a church, if we are increasing our capacity, and I know there has been prophetic word about increasing, the church increasing, we need to be thinking about this. We will not be a safe place as individuals or as a body if we in the hidden place are not really rooted deeply in Jesus. We need to be a safe place. We need to be a safe covering for people to come in and find Jesus. But this is down to us. In the hidden place, what are we going to do with our time? Where are we going to go? What are we going to look at? Okay, so we're going to finish where we started, which is back in Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. So... We need the Holy Spirit working in us, empowering us to grasp the love of God with first-hand experience. We see it through the life of Jesus and in what he's done for us, his death and in his resurrection, him washing us clean and bringing us into the family of God. And when we fully grasp that 
and experience that love for ourselves through the Holy Spirit, we are transformed and we're full. We are so full that we're filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And I don't know about you, but I need that fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit all the time. I think of Ryan and the dream that he had that was so transformative was about that understanding from first-hand experience how vast God's love is for us. And that was able to completely change the direction of his life. So I want that. I don't know about anybody else, but I want that. I want that to be so true in my life. I would like to pray this prayer of Paul's over us. So if you want to receive it, then as Paul White would say, put your hands out like you're receiving a gift. I'm just going to pray this prayer of Paul's. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. <clears throat> so if we just stay here in this place, just receive, listen to what the Father wants to speak over to you. I've heard the accusation and I've heard the propaganda I've heard the lies they whisper to my soul and I have been forsaken and I'll always be forgotten no matter what I do it's not enough and then I heard a voice as it opened up the heavens reminding me of who I've always been
Making me whole again. Your mercy, your mercy defeated all my shame. Your mercy, your mercy making me. Again, your mercy, beautiful mercy, 
Yeah, thank you, Lord Jesus. So much for your love. Thank you that we can be rooted in you. That we can stretch our tents and make room. That we can be strong in you. That we can know you. That we can go deeper in your love. Know more about you. Know more about your heart. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful privilege with you. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. Just in this moment, in your own words, in your own way, would you just pray a prayer of surrender to him again and say, Jesus, here I am. Here I am, all that I am. I make room for you. I want to go deeper. I want to know more. Take me deeper, Jesus. Deeper in my understanding of you. Deeper. 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 Stretch that canvas today. Open up, make room, and be so full of Jesus. I bless you today to be so full of Jesus in every part of your life. And may you not just be full, may you overflow, overflow. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, be such a blessing to people around you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope that this was a blessing. Do let us know. Do let us know how this has been a blessing to you. Get in touch with us. Email us at connect at prayerhouse.uk. Let us know what your testimonies, your stories are. We'd love hearing from you. And if you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning, go to our website, prayerhouse.uk forward slash Sundays, and you'll find all the details there. We meet in a primary school in Weymouth. We'd love to see you in person as well. So God bless you, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Take care.